Hello comrades, we can see the beginning of a revolutionary movement in Iran under the slogan Woman Life Freedom that has shaken the entire regime and system in the last four weeks. Despite brutal repression, over 300, probably more, have already been killed, thousands have been arrested, mainly youth. These protests continue and most recently strikes have expanded in several industries. It is the most radical and far-reaching movement against the Islamic Republic since its existence and it's already clear that the situation will never be like before and that this movement has the potential to actually overthrow the regime. And this will have massive regional and international consequences since the Iranian regime is not only one of the most repressive and oppressive dictatorships in the world but a key regional power as well economically and politically. This is why the masses in Iraq, in Syria, in Kurdistan, in Afghanistan and other countries have already been immediately inspired by the movement in Iran. So, so it could spark a new revolutionary wave throughout the region. Since Gina Amini's uh, killing, nationwide protests on a daily basis started in the Kurdish regions, spread into nearly all of the 31 provinces in Iran. In the last few days, Shops and markets in the Kurdish cities of Sarres and Sanandaj have remained closed for the fifth time since the start of the uprising. In spite of a brutal crackdown on university students and most recently school students as well, students have continued to be the most active, combative and organized part of the movement. Videos and photos of schoolgirls across the country have taken the internet by storm how they rip out pictures of the religious leaders in their classrooms, how they take off their hijab and drive out representatives of the regime in their schools. We see everywhere how increased repression is fueling the protests. For instance, after some brutal massacres in the Kurdish regions, as well as in the very poor regions in the south, where mainly Arab minorities li live, uh, even bigger protests on the streets developed. Horrific news about the killing of young girls and how rape is consciously being used by the security forces have sparked even more action on the streets, in the universities, in the schools and in the workplaces. Also, after the news about the fire in the Evin torture prison spread on social media and on telegram channels immediately during the night, masses went on the streets, tried to enter the prison and were violently stopped by the police. And as reports confirm now, this massacre in Evin, uh, where many of the arrested uh, youth workers and activists are, had been planned by the regime in the days before. This revolutionary movement now developed out of a combination of political and economic crisis in the last years. In an article we wrote after the election of President Raisi, we said Abraham, Abraham Raisi's presidential term will be a crucial time for both the regime and the Iranian working class as there is the real possibility of new mass uprisings with the real potential to overthrow the political and economic system. Khamenei himself is concerned with the survival of the regime, which has been rocked by nationwide protests several times in recent years. 
He and the Revolutionary Guards want to ensure that ultra-conservative forces hold all the strings when appointing his successor in the coming years. The regime has been forced in recent years to make fundamental changes in its policies, most importantly by focusing on expanding its regional influence, investing in the nuclear project and by attempting to strengthen the international ties with imperialist forces. This approach has been necessary to maintain the regime up until now. However, this has also meant increasing tensions within the regime reflecting the different interests of the ruling class. Raisi will surely play a big role in making the ultra-religious forces and the revolutionary guards even richer. The working class, particularly the young generation, knows Raisi's history very well. This is why he could be one of the most hated figures as a president. So we saw increasing repression, like just before Gina's killing, the death sentence against two very well-known LGBTQI plus activists. And we saw during the pandemic how the economic crisis worsened and how the, the political instability and the crisis of legitimacy of the regime increased and reached the highest point uh, now while, while the super rich got even richer. Last month, as official statistics of the regime have stated, inflation was at 75%. This year, prices for some foods um, rose again by over 100%. Since 2017, one protest wave after another, one strike wave after another broke out in reaction to skyrocketing prices, unpaid wages, arrested youth and workers, corruption, water shortage and so on. 2021, we saw a historic number of strike action from teachers, bus drivers, oil workers, sugar factory workers, nurses, etc. These crises hit women and oppressed groups, for instance, the Arab minority, the Kurdish population, all the Sunni minorities even harder, suffering not only from increased hunger, poverty and unemployment, youth unemployment is now over 30%, but in addition from violence, brutal discrimination and oppression. So what are the key feature of, uh, features of the movement now? Why is this movement hitting the regime in its heart? There are four key elements I want to talk about. First is the role of women and the question of women's oppression. National, as the second is the question of national, ethnic um, and religious oppression. Third is the, the rejection of the entire regime and all its different factions. And the last one is the development of a new workers' movement. It's no coincidence that women life freedom has become the main slogan of this movement and that the state femicide has triggered such an uprising. Over 40 years of brutal oppression of women and LGBTQI plus people is now being challenged by an entire generation, a generation that is part of the global radicalization around feminist demands and a generation that is facing the deep contradiction between the growing self-confidence of women rising education rates with now more women in higher education than men, uh, urbanization and so on. And then the lived reality, which is women's oppression and violence in every aspect of their lives. The morality police, for instance, 
is not only hated by broad layers of women, young women, girls, LGBTQI+, but also by men, particularly young men who are not accepting this type of control anymore. Scenes which show women inspiring broader layers with their actions, men supporting women in burning their hijab, young people resisting the gender division in public spheres, big groups of protesters, men and women protecting women from violent attacks by religious men or security forces. These are no, no, uh, uh, all no ex exceptional scenes anymore, but something happening on a daily basis in all the regions, all the cities and neighborhoods. It shows how women's oppression as a key pillar of the regime, the nuclear family, which is extremely important for the regime, and its religious ideology is being undermined on a massive scale. It's impossible for the regime, which is which is built on systematic gender-based violence, gender division and so on, to control a situation in which more and more women are resisting these dress codes in their daily lives, but also collectively fight back in every situation of harassment, uh, violence and so on, using systematically rape and violence in the police stations, in the prisons, by the religious mullahs, has been a key tool of the of the ruling class to control women and their bodies and also to suppress the combative mood and leading role of women in revolutionary uprisings throughout the entire region, for instance, of course, in Kurdistan. So the Me Too wave we saw during the pandemic in Iran, where many young women spoke out online and broke some very dangerous taboos about the ongoing rape, incest, um, etc., and the role of the state and the security forces in that already gave an idea about the, the shifts in consciousness and the growing radicalization. And obviously it has become very clear for the masses how deeply connected this type of massive women's oppression and discrimination is linked to the entire state and also the economic system. Because it's the same ayatollahs and mullahs who are responsible for this discrimination and the fact that women are really, you know, second class citizens in every sense. They're the ones preaching every day in state television, in the mosques, etc. Massive misogyny, sexism, LGBTQI plus phobia, racism, trying to radicalize men to control their women etc. And they're the same ones, the same individuals exploiting the poor and the working class, being the super rich of the country, massively profiting through corruption, the oil industry and so on. So the same is true, obviously, for the massive uh, national, ethnic and religious uh, oppression. In fact, the, the Persian population is a minority in Iran, so the majority is actually suffering from discrimination, like not being allowed to speak their own language, live their own cultures and religious uh, religions and so on. It is very uh, well known, actually, amongst the masses, where the slogan woman, life, freedom comes from, and that it is a slogan of the Kurdish liberation movement. The slogan is even being used in the demonstrations in Kurdish language, even in some regions where the Kurdish population is massively discriminated, for instance, in Azerbaijan. So the fact that this is not only 
a multi-ethnic movement, but actually that the demands of different ethnic and national minorities are sometimes implicitly, sometimes explicitly in the center of the movement, um, th which is a massive threat for the regime. It has always used this division also to, uh, to portray, for example, some of the recent uprisings um, as ethnic or religious conflicts. For instance, uh, when big protests broke out in Khuzestan in the oil-rich uh, uh, regions. And now we see that there is no real base for this propaganda anymore. In fact, there is huge solidarity, even in some of the most religious and conservative centers and cities, protests have broke out with some slogans consciously uh, opposing this type of uh, Shiite um, and op uh, oppressive uh, rule um, of the regime. So we can clearly see a broad rejection of the entire regime, while in some protest movements in the past there were still some illusions um, in some of, some of the more moderate forces um, of the regime at that time, this is completely gone now. And obviously this is linked to some changes within the regime itself. We already saw during the, pan uh, during, uh, the elections uh, last year that more and more uh, moderate mo moderate forces had been kicked out by the so-called guardian uh, council. So the fact that the regime itself is relying more and more on the hardline forces um, has incre uh, intensified um, this uh, rejection. More and more people turning their backs to all the religious institutions and drawing the lessons also from the 2009 protests, for example, which were dominated by the by the idea of reforming the, the Islamic Republic. So this radicalization against the entire regime has also further increased some divisions within the regime. We already saw some important religious leaders even talking about dissolving the morality police. They are obviously, um, uh, they understand how this system has detached an entire generation, not only from the state, but also from religion in general. So um, this is uh, uh, what they um, uh, fear. The, the regime desperately tried to mobilize um, for counter protests. But they actually had to Photoshop these protests in the state te television because they were so small. And one important reason for this rejection of the entire regime, but also in fact a uh, uh, mood against imperialist interventions and the role of imperialism, both the US and China and Russia, is the economic crisis, which meant that the regime lost nearly all of its old base, for instance, in more rural um, regions. This is uh, indicated uh, uh, by some polls showing support of the regime below um, 20 percent and that only um, a maximum of 30 percent seeing themselves um, as uh, Muslims. Um, and that layers of the working class, which, for example, in the past would have supported figures like Ahmadinejad, are turning their backs to the regime as well. We can clearly see that in the uh, uh, development of a new workers' movement in recent years, in some cases uh, really well organized and even led by uh, left-wing socialist forces, for, in, for instance, 
um, at the uh, prominent Haftape sugar factory. Um, so these workers and their semi-legal associations, for instance, in the oil and petrochemical industry, were very hesitant in the beginning of the movement and started going on strike now. The teachers' unions, which are some of the most militant organizations of workers, were the first ones after the strikes in the Kurdish regions to join the movement, which is no coincidence because it's mainly women working as teachers. I cannot go into the details of these strikes, but there's definitely some coordination between the different unions. It's the first time that these oil workers, for example, are calling for strike action around political demands. But obviously their strike movements in recent years had a strong political element because, for example, the Revolutionary Guards and Mullahs um, control over 70% of the economy, mainly the, the, the oil industry. So these strikes immediately become political uh, in a sense, especially because some of the most militant workers, uh, leaders, union leaders have been arrested many times in recent years and um, uh, now again. So what's striking now is that despite the, the hesitancy of these workers in the beginning, important parts of the students' movement, which is at the forefront of this revolution, organizing assemblies and strikes at universities on a daily basis, that they understand the key role of these oil workers, for example. In the last days, one slogan was spreading throughout the universities, stating that our oil workers are our, uh, are our unflinching leader, leaders of the movement. Um, in a statement uh, of the Haftape sugar factory workers, they say that girls of the sun and the revolution, on the day of victory, the whole world will take off their hats in front of you. You gave everyone a lesson in standing up and resisting. Long live the union and class solidarity of the workers for liberation towards a nationwide strike in the services and production sectors. The demand for a general strike is extremely popular and it's likely that it will develop in the next weeks. Existing workers' councils in some industries uh, are coordinating more and more. And it's very clear that the, the women's and the youth movement is inspiring more and more layers of the working class. And what will be key is that they don't just go on strike in general solidarity for the movement, but they ex that they expand their strikes, expand their demands and the program, take the lead of the revolutionary movement as the organized working class. This will be a key question in the coming weeks and months for the, for the outcome of this movement. Another key question will be, of course, breaks in the state apparatus and the security forces, which is why we take that up in our program as the, as the need for an appeal to low, low ranks of the, of the military and the police. We saw some reports about police officers joining the movement in some cities, but not really on a big scale for now. And the structure of the state apparatus is a big challenge for the movement. There is not only the regular army, but as I already said, the, the revolutionary guards as the key, uh, are, uh, the, the key armed force of the regime, but also the main capitalists. 
Um, linked to that are the, are the Basiji, a, a paramilitary force that actually is struggling with its forces. In the last weeks, they had to recruit very young Arab children to suppress the movement. There are internal battles within the Revolutionary Guards, mainly um, around the, the question of the control over the economy. But in general, these forces are not only ideologically steeled, but actually are the ones that are in fear to lose all their power politically and economically. This is why the question of uh, democratically organized, multi-ethnic self-defense is so important, but it's mainly about the, the political leadership of the movement. These different workers' councils, as well as the organized students' movement, are very important structures, but there is the, the open question of revolutionary socialist uh, leadership, um, of course. And there is a contradictory consciousness uh, around the question of leadership, because there is huge skepticism and even uh, rejection um, of all different types of leadership that, that is kind of developing from outside. For instance, uh, liberal pro-imperialist forces, also the people's Mujahideen, the, the old Shah family, all of them have no real base within the country. And this is a very important, um, a, a very important um, development in consciousness. It's also linked to the rejection of US, Chinese and Russian imperialism as well. For example, because of the impacts of the economic sanctions and of course the ties between the regime and Russia um, and China. Um, but the danger of counter-revolution, imperialist intervention, all of that is there. Um, which is why the, the task of building a revolutionary socialist organization and leadership is urgent because we know no matter what happens in a short-term perspective, um, uh, in order to not only overthrow the regime but fight for real freedom, the struggle for socialism is the only way. And we know that it's already clear that this is a historic moment um, in the um, history of the, of the country and in, in the development of class struggle and that the situation will never um, be uh, like before and that this is in reality the beginning of the, the end of the Islamic Republic. So it's a, a key uh, question um, if this movement is um, able to uh, not only you know overthrow the the mullah's um, rule, but actually build a system which is um, uh, democratically controlled um, and organized by the working class and poor um, uh, to take over the the key resources, the key industries out of the hands of the revolutionary guards um, and the mullahs uh, to democratically plan and organize the economy. Um, uh, and also take over the, the political um, power. And for that, um, the, the movement needs to uh, be democratically organized, of course, um, and discuss um, the necessary program and the, ne and the necessary next steps. And the development of such a program, uh, in the development of such a program, the exile movement plays a key role 
Um, and we have taken the initiative as ISA to uh, play a role in that um, as well, to um, uh, develop such a program in discussion um, with uh, people uh, we know on the ground um, and also help to uh, organize um, and build such a force, um, such a revolutionary um, organization and party um, that can take the, the lead um, of uh, this movement. Um, so in that sense, the Excel the, the movement as well as we as the ISA um, have a huge responsibility and role to play here. And I think this seminar today is a very important um, uh, step in uh, preparing the international um, for this task.